That would be like professional. I mean, I'll, I'll be pretty as fuck. Hello everybody, welcome to the Manliest Podcast in the Known Universe, where we discuss men, their perfect bodies and beautiful smiles. No homo. As always, I am your host Kmist, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, my dear Jared. Hello! And we are straight as a pretzel. The gay agenda for this week is gender, biological sex, gender identity, expression, societal expectations, and neurological differences. For example, does male or female brain actually exist? You can find that and more with timestamps to individual topics and links where applicable in the episode descriptions. So, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm here. I'm back. Yay, we're back. Back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. I'll stop now. Oh, this thing. I think I remember it now. Okay. I don't really listen to music. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked about it beforehand. Yeah. I think that was the Backstreet Boys or was it In Sync? It's like guess who's back. I would never know. Yeah, back I again. know that this the song. Yeah. Yep. How are you? I'm better than usual. That's good, I think. Yeah, it's but actually, it may mean just my bar was pretty low. But yeah, I'm good. That's just in absolute values, I'm good. In relative values, I'm better than ever. So that is good. Yeah. Good job. And also, good job. Because, you know, you got a jab. Yeah, I got a job, and the job is pretty good. And it pays you real money. Yeah, that's nice. And I still have my Fridays off. And I'm only working 30 hours a week. Yeah, hopefully I'll be back there at that level soon. My plan is to never work more than four days a week in my life. And there is pretty good chance that I can do it. Good luck. Good luck with that. I'd, I'd like to, to be able to do that for the rest of my life. Like Three-day weekends are so fucking good. Having a three-day weekend every week is the best. Of course. It's like, how can people live without it? Yeah, people who want to work, like, 60 hours a week, unless you have to, like, you know, to put food on the table and all that stuff. Like, who wants to work that much voluntarily? Crazy people, that's who. I'll clinically diagnose them as such. <laughs> you have, t- you want to work too much. Slow down. Yep. And, yeah, the job is pretty good. Uh, tomorrow, at the time of us recording this, which is probably, like... Three months ago, by the time I can actually be bothered to edit it, uh, I'm starting a new project, which is propagation of polarization of emotions on across synsets, which is very fancy speak uh, for we have some words that are labeled as good or bad, and we are trying to figure out whether similar words are good or bad. Yes. Which is like an uh, LI5 version. But it's pretty fun task when you get down to it on the technical level. Are you trying to teach a computer to do that? Or is this like a sorting algorithm? Or 
Right now this is propagation algorithm, which means we have some data already manually labeled by our linguists, who just have too much time to spare apparently, and we are trying to make the propagate this information uh, to the unlabeled parts. And we are trying to figure out the best way to do it because there are some pitfalls you can very easily fall in. For example, you can have a word child, which is considered neutral, and you have a synonym brat, which is negative. So you can have synonyms, which should mean the same, but that have completely different polarization. So basically we are trying to figure out which types of connections are best to traverse. Okay. Sounds fascinating. It actually is. I find it pretty cool to be able to work with linguistics and try to get rid uh, try to get rid of all language in the world. Try to get rid of all language in the world? All languages other than English. Okay. Because at some time uh, our data was the main source for Google tra uh, Google translating from Polish and English. Fancy. Yeah, we're trying to teach computers how to gather meaning from different words. And when I have a s nice task to work with, it is really satisfying. And other times I spend three days looking for a line of code then try to murder the person who wrote the bad line of code and then realize actually it was me. Well, I mean, you could murder yourself and then you wouldn't make any more bad code. Actually, it wasn't my fault. Because if our system was written properly, it would immediately catch it that I have made a mistake. And instead it tried to hide it. Fair enough. So I think, can we move on to our intro questions? Yes, let us do that. Okay, our first question is, if you could, without any consequences, physically become a member of opposite sex for or 24 hours, would you do it? Yes, and. Correct. I mean, <laughs> how could you say no to that? I mean, one, why not? Because exactly. it's 24 hours with no consequences. And two, I've always wanted to know what's it like. So absolutely, without question. I mean, worst case, you have wasted 24 hours, because apparently there's not much to learn, but still, the fact that there is not much to learn is a pretty interesting fact to learn. Yeah. And in my opinion, the only people that would turn, out, turn down such a proposal are way too insecure with themselves to even be worth discussing anything related. I'd be so excited to know what it's like to have multiple consecutive orgasms. I would be so happy to to experience that, to experiment with that. It's great. Well, that was easy. Next question. Yeah, I think there's not much to say. Just, I don't know what I would do. Other like the obvious stuff, but I would probably get bored of it quite quickly. But I think just, I would like to see whether you perceive the world differently. That would be interesting too. I would go out and just like walk around and be very aware of my experience just to see if it's different. Like to see how, if and how people would treat me different. Yeah, something like this. As a, as a female, as opposed to a male. Because I know that, that there are gender differences and, and 
sexism, uh, systematic sexism in our society. So I'd just like to experience what's different about it. So hooray for academic answers beyond just I want to play with my boobs (laughs) and other bits. Yay, bits. (laughs) Okay. So the second question... Uh, do you want to read it? Sure. If one day you woke up as a member of the opposite sex, all non-physical aspects unchanged, what would change in your life outside of current relationships? So let me just to clarify, if I woke up tomorrow as a female, but in my body, this it like... I mean, yeah, that's the question. Because like, you would probably have to lose the beard. I'm sorry. Wait, but if I just like wake up feeling like a female no i mean all non-physical aspects unchanged so you change physically i mean you don't change with uh, your personality or anything okay so i okay i read that backwards i read that as the other way like my physical body stays the same but my my mind goes the other okay yep that was my fault my fault no problem i'm glad you cleared it up yeah what would change in my life outside my current relationships? I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, my own... As long as my perspective, like, my current sort of belief set stayed the same, not much. I mean, I would have to learn how to deal with being a, a, a female, uh, both in the physical sense, like, you know, having a female body long, long term would mean having to learn how to deal with periods and things like that. And then also what I mentioned before, like the societal, like how is society going to treat me as a female versus a male? But I don't think much would change as long as, you know, my belief system didn't also change for some reason. Like if quintessentially I was the same person just now in a female body, then... Yeah, this is basically my question. How would having a different body change the way you live your life? Probably not much. I'd still play video games a lot. I'd still try and, like, I'd still be into banging everything. It might make it easier to get laid. I mean, in in, in our society, in, in modern society, women hold all of the power in the, the dating world. They're in much higher demand than supply, so to speak. So it would be easier if I wanted to go find somebody. But I'm married, so as long as, for some reason, Katie didn't want to divorce me, which I don't think she would. I mean, she likes girls too, some. Not as much as I like boys, but I think it would be okay. We'd have that history. So, yeah. Not much would change. Just the way that society views me and I'd have to figure out how to navigate the female anatomy. I think I could handle that. I think it's pretty much the same for me. I would have to learn to take care of my new body, but pretty much nothing apart from that. Uh, I would have to probably throw out some of my clothing because it simply wouldn't fit but I wouldn't wear high heels because they're terrible I don't know I probably wouldn't I also wouldn't grow my nails longer because it's all I just hate long nails especially as a programmer whenever I can hear somebody typing and hitting the nails on the keyboard very close to scratching your fingernails on the chalkboard for me I probably would start painting my nails, but I'm pretty much planning to do it already right now. I've tried it once and I I kind of liked it, except that the nail polish I used was really shitty. 
Yeah. I've painted my nails before. I don't. I like to make them. Uh, I like to put clear coat on them, which makes them shiny. I don't like to paint my nails, but it's mostly because I'm just messy, so I make a mess every time I do it. But if someone else is ever like, "Hey, do you want me to paint your nails?" I'm like, "Sure, paint them. I don't care. Let's do it." I mean, I'll I'll be pretty as fuck. <laughs> oh, can I? Let me just try to quickly pull up a picture of me. <laughs> nice. I mean, I like I like the way it looks from far away because uh, not only I was terrible, but just the quality of it. Uh, I bought the cheapest one possible just to see whether I liked it, and the result I kind of do. Nice. Yeah. So other than that, what else would most people would think would change? Like I don't know, shaving your legs. Well, I already do it. I've ordered an epilator today because I was tired of shaving. Yeah, I probably still wouldn't shave my legs. Hold the power to you. Maybe I would. And I probably would still be by, so that doesn't change at all. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of... that was the assumption that that wouldn't change. Yeah, I mean, there might be some... I mean, something that we take for granted that... or, or something, just like something we don't... we aren't thinking about, but... I think that just learning how to take care of your new body goes along with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And also that's way society sees you. But for me, right now it sees me as if... What was what's the English word? Effeminate? Yeah, effeminate. Yeah, so right now I'm an effeminate man. And then I would be a boyish girl. Still keeping my probably hair short because it's way easier. Wearing trousers because fuck skirts. I really like skirts. I'd probably wear a lot more skirts. It's, I don't... I prefer to keep my legs, like, free. It probably depends on the skirt. Because at some way there is less material around, but it's also kind of binding. So I don't know. I'll have to check it out someday. Yeah, well, there's different kinds of skirts. Like, I wouldn't... I don't, I don't like pencil skirts or anything like that. Just like the... I don't know, there's probably a name for them that I don't realize, but they're just really sort of loose, flowy skirts. I like those. They let me be free. <laughs> I'd probably be considered like a butch girl, what sort of the stereotype of what lesbians were in, in like the 90s. It's really dirty, manly looking women. Because, I mean, I just, I just don't give a shit about a lot of that stuff. Yeah, me too. And it's, you know... Barring no personality changes, I just like I just like to be comfortable. Exactly. So I would wear whatever clothes were comfortable for me. Yeah, for me it's I don't really see anything that I do just because I'm a guy. The way I dress, the way I behave. At least I wouldn't want it to be that way. I don't really consider my gender to be that important. I was kind of thinking about it because uh, I have heard that many trans people start out thinking about that uh, that way, but then I realize I just don't care either way. I'm not trans, I'm just meh. Like, whatever. Right. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. So, you want to move on to our big topic with more... Uh, bullet points than any other one we've had before? Well, yeah, but 
however you want to approach it. Well, so the topic is gender. Yes. Maybe let's try, try starting with just breaking down different aspects of it. Because for me, those four points are basically the different ways you can perceive gender. The body you have, uh, the mind you have, the way you express it and the way society sees you. You probably know a lot more of it about it as a psychologist. Well, from a clinical perspective, yeah, I suppose. Um, so yeah, gender. So gender is is a societal construct, whereas sex is uh, your chromosomes, XX, XY. There's a couple of rarer combinations. Um, actually, there's eight different sexes. XX and XY, which is traditional male and female, are the two most common by far. Then you can have XXY and XYY, um, which are both much rarer. I think in someone who's got uh, 2X and a Y chromosome is one in every 5,000 people, and someone with 1X and 2Y chromosomes is way less than that. Uh, I think it's like one in every 50,000. And those people can present physically. Physically, they tend to present, the XXY tend to physically present as female, whereas the XYY tends to physically present as male, but they don't fit into either classification. Then there's four other very, very rare ones uh, that have popped up that we know of uh, a handful of times. They tend to sorry what i'm looking for hermaphrodites hermaphrodites tend to come from the other four and sometimes the xxy and the xyys can present as hermaphrodites as well yeah this is kind of a complex topic i know a little more more about it from like biological perspective because i used to study medicine in high school uh basically if you look at all the possible combinations of x and y chromosomes all of all of them except for XX and XY are rare. Mo uh, many of them, uh, many of them are unstable, meaning just they don't occur in nature because a person with that set of chromosomes cannot really develop. For example, while I believe it is possible to just have one X chromosome, it is not possible to have just one Y because the X chromosome encodes many vital information just about human, uh, just about the body, not related to uh, sex at all, and as and basically all the other combinations that are stable, they don't really present that much different. They probably they tend to be somewhere closer to androgynous, basically intersex, but you probably couldn't really tell on most people. No. Aside from that, aside from just chromosomes, if you think about just the private uh, private parts, then you can have many... How can you say it? Yeah, so many different congenital abnormalities that are not related to DNA themselves, just the way the body develops. And you can also treat them as... treat them separately. Well, I mean, the biology is a lot more clear-cut. I mean... By and large, you are either biologically male or biologically female. There are very few exceptions and in-betweens and that sort of thing. And like you said, most of the exceptions are not viable. So 
and even the exceptions that are viable tend to present as column A or column B. So from a from a genetic standpoint, it's pretty much male or female. Um, now, when you get into gender identity, then there's a lot more of a spectrum going on. The classic gender roles of male and female kind of mix in with your societal expectations category, you know, how society views us. And that does present somewhat because of biological differences in males and females. Genetically, males tend to be a lot stronger, like physically stronger. Females are a lot more relationship and societal minded, so they play better together. Um, they kind of are able to be sort of the glue in society, whereas the men were always the the pathfinders who went and did the hunting and the gathering. And um, back in you know prehistoric and in, for most of human history, being physically stronger meant that they were the more powerful in terms of in society because you know what is a a female going to do to a male and that is kind of what has shaped a lot of our our gender roles in modern more modern times gender identity is a very big spectrum because by and large at least in the first world those same sort of male female things no longer apply anymore so if a a, a man an effeminate man one day wants to to be more female then he can refer to himself as a she and you know today i'm feeling much more like a female or you know vice versa or you can feel like that all the time that's well gender fluidity is a thing most people tend to misattribute it and like make fun of it like oh what if i'm having sex and suddenly i decide that i want to be a woman and you're a, a woman does that make us gay or whatever and like there's you know tons of bullshit about that but Really, it tends to deal with how people are feeling on any given day if they're gender fluid. I've worked with several clients who are, and most of the time they are one or the other. And, you know, they'll say some days I'm having a day where I feel more more ladylike. And so I throw on my high heels and, and I, I go that way. Or some days I'm feeling a little bit more manly, so I put on my work boots. Gender identity is very powerful, too. Uh, the way people look and view themselves does a lot to develop their confidence and the way that they proceed forward and in our modern world it's it's a lot more nuanced than biology by and large most people still tend to think of themselves as either male or female when it comes to gender but it's a lot more there's a lot more room for interpretation and it, a lot of it has to do with gender roles and how you feel and to some extent some of it can be controlled or changed with hormones that's fascinating working with transgender people how that whenever they go on hormone treatments to become the opposite sex there are huge differences that happen in their personality uh occasionally hormone therapy is tried to and I'm, I'm making air quotes for anyone listening to cure someone of being like an effeminate man for example they'll give them testosterone and they will start to become more in what society deems the male gender to be they'll be more aggressive and more they'll grow more body hair and stuff like that so some of it is uh, is can be controlled hormonally, which I find fascinating. Kind of that intersection between what our society tells us and what we can do with the limited control over biology that we have. But most people who truly believe that or truly feel that you know they're a woman trapped in a man's body or vice versa, even doing that, even giving them hormones or or trying their best to change our biology doesn't actually fix again air quotes fix the problem. So. Gender's fascinating. 
we could do we could be here for hours i could go get one of my old textbooks out get one of my old course syllabus or syllabi syllabuses whatever out and we could talk about it for a long time because it's very nuanced and very deeply misunderstood even by those of us in my field and people in the psychology realm that do research on this sort of stuff there's still a lot that we don't know and we're still learning how biology plays into people being gay or bisexual or whatever because there is there is a in nature there's a precedent for uh same sex sexual attraction and activity i think it's something like two percent of of mammals uh have same-sex relations at some point in their life which scientists have no idea why because there's no biological like imperative or biological necessity for two members of the same sex to mate particularly in animals so there's a lot about it that we just don't understand yeah i would really gladly go back to this topic someday with textbooks yeah i think we could just talk about it make it like a special just drop everything else and just focus on this single bullet point yeah i'll uh, i'll do that i'll get in touch with my one of my old professors who taught my gender and sexuality class in in graduate school or university uh and get her material and i'll find my old syllabus because i kept all of that stuff like just in case i ever needed any of it for anything and i'll have to go dig it out of my archives but i've got it so we can do that sometime can you get her on the show i don't know i could try that would be, that would be like professional. Doctor Doctor Kirsty Williams is her name. She's fantastic. Love that lady. I think we should look into it. She taught um, a class about feminism and uh, postmodern therapy. She taught the gender and sexuality course. She taught the course that dealt with cultural sensitivity. Like she would be great to talk about a lot of things if I could convince her to come on the show trying not to get too excited about it yeah she's also a sex therapist like that's her her specialty sex therapy so yeah fun times pretty cool stuff yeah so because we should probably get moving on because you told said you don't have much time yeah we've got about 10 minutes before katie's gonna come in here and and start getting set up for her her meeting or whatever it is she's doing it for let's end on the cliffhanger then meant say we will go back to it because there is a much more to discuss and let's quickly get over our fmk then all right so our list for today is based on stargate in our case the tv series but pretty much anything goes and to make it quicker i will start so my list is tilk i think he was pronounced this there was a long time since i watched the series Ronan Dex, who was in Atlantis, and Nicholas Rush, who was... I, I would consider him the main character of Stargate Universe. And... Okay, quickly. Uh, fuck Ronan Dex, because he's played by Jensel, uh, Jason Momoa, who most people probably know from Khal Drogo, and recently the Aquaman, Justice League finger magic movie oh i didn't i didn't know that was him yeah it was him okay cool then marry nicholas rush because he was kind of scheming he kind of he would probably fit into game of thrones 
And uh, as we've already discussed, I kind of have a thing for that people, mainly <laughs> because I don't want them to kill them uh, to kill me. I said I've I said I would be uh, Littlefingers, uh, Sansa. Then I can be Nicholas Rush. Was he into anybody? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a, a few years since I've seen the show. Yeah, me too. I mean, he kind of liked Eli. Probably nothing between them. Anyway, I find this man fascinating, the way he dealt with the whole situation. And I'm really sad that I will never see him again, because the series was cancelled. And then... Killing Teog. I mean, I don't have anything against him, he just wasn't that interesting of a character. His defining feature was that he was very boring. Indeed. Indeed. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I had to give it I had to give it just that little pause. Yeah. So your pick? Yes, my pick from your list. Uh absolutely I'm going to marry Teal'c. He was one of my sweethearts on the show. I picked up saying indeed all the time from him. I can directly chase <laughs> it back to there. So since you stole him from my list, or for your list, then I'm gonna have to marry him. Uh, Ronan Dex, I, I said earlier I was the least familiar with, with Stargate Atlantis, so just from, I mean, I recognized him once I looked him up, but I just never quite duck, got into the show that much, so I'm gonna punish him for that and kill him, because it's, it's totally his fault, absolutely, without question. Actually, that's not true, but that's what I'm gonna say. And then Nicholas Rush, I really, really like his character in universe and also i really like the actor that plays him but unfortunately because teal's in your list i'm just gonna have to fuck him and leave leave teal as my what's can men be waifus who's bandu i've seen that i've seen that word once yeah yeah that's what teal is for me and for my list i went with all characters from sg1 because sg1 was my favorite series and i'm boring uh, so, Colonel Jack O'Neill, who later becomes General O'Neill. Spoilers. Uh, General Hammond, who was who was the first Hammond or the first uh, General slash commander of the Stargate program, and uh, Samantha Carter. She starts off the show as a major, and I think she finishes as Brigadier General. It might have just been Colonel, but regardless, I don't really know because I don't know the American rank system. So, fair enough. Uh, so this one's a tough one because I really love all three of these characters for very different reasons. Like General Hammond was always like a really kind of cute father figure and he's got, I mean, he looks like perfect dad material with like his pot belly and everything. Uh, Samantha Carter was uh, like a no nonsense. Like she was a strong female character back in the nineties when people thought strong female characters were dumb. Uh, so she really, really meant something. Uh, and I really liked that she was a no-nonsense, really intel- intelligent character. That she was pretty, but they never tried to sex her up. Like, she was always just in standard military gear and everything. And then Jack O'Neill, I just... It, I mean, he's he's MacGyver. What's not to love about the guy who played MacGyver? And he's funny and cute. <sighs> so tough. So tough. Okay. Um, on a deadline. Have to figure this out quickly. I'm going <laughs> to marry 
General Hammond because he's just adorbs. I love him. He's great. He's got experience. He's super smart. Nice guy. I'm going to have to fuck Samantha Carter because she's like a badass. And so she's got to she's gotta be good. Got to be really kinky. Like she's keeping all that inside. She's got to be. And sadly, that means that my my sweetheart, one of my other sweethearts from SG1, I'm going to have to kill him. I'm sorry, Jack. You're the oldest. You've lived a good life. And I, I loved laughing at your jokes. But you gotta go. So yeah. Your turn. Let me just pull up a quote that I found. Uh, Sam Carter. I'm an Air Force officer just like you are, Colonel. And just because my reproductive organs are on the inside instead of the outside doesn't mean I can't handle whatever you can handle. Jack O'Neill. Oh, this has nothing to do with you being a woman. I like women. I just don't like scientists. And I think those two quotes say everything that you need to know about my approach to those characters. Mary, Sam- Mary Samantha, fuck Jack, and sorry, Hammond, you have to go. Just, you weren't in this quote. Fair enough. This is like the... I think this was the very first episode, and this is my favorite quote from all the series. Because, as you can say, Sam was a badass. And... Where I'm from, you don't fuck badasses, you marry them. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I can accept that logic. All right. Well, with that out of the way, I guess it's time to wrap up this week. Yeah. This went a little quicker than we expected, but I'm pretty much okay with it. I'm really happy that we finally got something done after a long break. Me too. And I'm glad we worked out a more flexible schedule because then I won't feel so bad about missing things. All right. You can shoot us an email at straightpretzel at gmail.com or send a tweet to at straightpretzel. All this plus more can be found at straightpretzel.wordpress.com. Our intro music is Disco Meduse by Kevin McLeod, provided free of charge on Creative Commons license. Find out more at incompetech.com. We are powered by Internet Archive free hosting. Remember, if your would-go-gay-for-list is longer than five people, you ain't straight, but you're in good company. Stay Stay fabulous. fabulous!